0: We are delighted to welcome Barwon Health Foundation as sponsors of Room 64. If you would like to support palliative care services at Barwon Health, please contact the Barwon Health Foundation at barwonhealthfoundation.org.au. So I'm here today in beautiful Woodend at Natural Grace Holistic Funeral Directors and speaking with Libby Maloney. Thanks for having me today. You're most welcome. Um, It is coming in now to Dying to Know day or now we celebrate more of a a week or a month um august the 8th and i was really interested to talk to you libby because of your unique service that that you offer um in the region and a very broad region Um, can you tell me a little bit firstly about natural grace and what drew you to this Certainly, I can thank you. Um,
1: so, Natural Grace uh, practice our death care holistically, which means that we're really going on a journey with families around what does full care look like for them. So, it's not a conventional service, if you like, of really just sort of collecting collecting bodies and putting them in coffins and and meeting you at the church. Um, it's really about a deep engagement with families, and and, and most commonly while the person's still alive, meeting with families and really becoming part of their care team, often alongside the health practitioners, and um, engaging with them about dreams and wishes, fears, you know, concerns that they might have, and how they, the person themselves and the people that love them would like this life, this precious, beautiful life to be honoured. So that is the beginning of our holistic work. We then um, work closely with families around quite innovative approaches to death care. So we specialize in keeping people at home after death. Something like 80% of us want to die at home. Um, but not often have we had the conversation about well, what happens after we died. And to many people's delight, it's legal and safe and really, really beautiful to keep a body home after death until this natural inclination comes in the people that are caring for that person to say, I'm ready now for them to be transferred out of their home. And for some people, that's a matter of hours, that, that, that's enough. And for some people, it can be days. And we've got special equipment that we use to come and help keep people um, cool and looked after at home until the people that love them are ready. And they say, I'm ready now. And there's often a great deal of um, place for that with children and babies, of course, um, but with everybody and so that's that's a lovely practice. Um, then when we talk about funeral planning and, and options and care, we talk about all the the wondrous things that you can do. There's no impediments to having funerals on the beach or in your family home or in the garden. You can go to wineries and pubs and anywhere you want. Um, and a you know, time where a lot of people don't blink, belong to a religious community anymore Um, they're looking for meaning and um, somewhere where they can get deep sense of ritual and ceremony and somewhere that's authentic for them that they're proud to go to that's meaningful to them Um, so we for that reason don't own chapels ourselves in our funeral parlours our sanctuaries because they're not meaningful places you know to repeatedly go to so we encourage families to choose their own. And then um, a huge part of our work is holistically caring for the environment. So um, everything we do is natural um, and we use organic products. We don't embalm anyone here. We um, have created a practice called shrouded cremation, which is burying or cremating a body without um, using a coffin. So just wrap them up in beautiful fabric and lay them on a bearer, and people cover them with flowers and gum leaves and all sorts of beautiful things and off they go to the cremator and that's a um, burial the same so everything's really gentle and and looking at a, a holistic loving family-led approach to death care
0: that's incredible it really is i think as a society and, and we've spoken about this earlier you know we've we're not very good still at talking about death and dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sit comfortably in our sort of dinner conversations and it's often only once you're sort of confronted with that within your own life mm-hmm. that you start to think about these things, which is why Dying to No Day and things like Broom 64 and, and, and Natural Grace are really important and we have a, a really important role to play um, in improving death literacy in our communities. Absolutely. Um, Can you tell me about what you think um, people should be dying to know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a
1: great question. Um, Look, I think, I mean, Dying to Know Day is a a global or or national challenge to us to to consider having a conversation. And I think for some people that gets mixed up with having to write a formal document or um, commit to a prepaid funeral or something and none of that's true um it's it's a challenge to us to to consider what is my act of love that i want to give to my family when i die and dying to no day and the principles of that program and everything we do here at natural grace and everything you guys do um, is about thinking about what you'd want and communicating that and it might be something as simple as saying I definitely want cremation don't bury me you know if if that was all this dying to know day August 8 2021 everybody was listening to this was able to communicate to their person um, whether they want to bury all the cremation that is a gift because I sit here and we sit here with family after family after family who don't know and and, and they're, they're really thrown under the bus because they, they go, well, how do we make that decision now and, and and live with that for the rest of our lives? So to me, Dying to Know Day is a challenge and it's saying reach into that deepest part of yourself. That's a really hard, sometimes and heartbreaking and scary place to go and say, if this did happen to me, when it happens to me, but anyway, if this did happen to me, um, uh, I would like... And the, and the big ticket items are burial and cremation. That's a big one. Um, whether somebody wants to be seen after death or not, that's a really important thing. You know, some people have got a really strong sense of they think it would be beautiful if their family washed them and dressed them and got them ready. And some people are mortified by that idea. So having a clar- some clarity around that is really helpful. Um, a little bit about music choices and, you know, whether you like pink flowers or not... <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Do take me to church. Don't take me to church. Um, who can speak? Who can't speak? <laughs> you know, like just just some key things. And it it can be scribbled on a bit of paper and chucked in your bedside drawer. There's nothing that has to be formal about it. But I think providing some guidance don't need to dictate, don't need to have this prepaid definite thing, but some guidance to the people that love you about what your choices are um, is an act of love and it's a responsible thing to do, to say I'll at least give you this rough set of guide, you know, and then um, that will help, it will help them after you die, especially if someone dies suddenly. So I think that's the great challenge of Dying to Know Day is, is to be brave and, and reach deep and have a conversation with yourself first <laughs> and then
0: with the people that love you. Yeah, no, that's a great challenge. So anyone listening to the podcast today, we, we're laying down the gauntlet, Olivia and I. So, um, you know, talk to your family absolutely. Talk to your family. Talk to the special people around you and, um, and yeah, write it down. If someone did want to formalise that, I mean, I know we have advanced care plans which will often – people will write some of their wishes in that. Is there another form or, or mode of recording that? So there's not so much a legal – a form or a binding form, but there's
1: certainly, we prepare funeral care plans here. So it's taking an advanced care plan and adding another layer or depth to it. So in an advanced care plan, there is place obviously for personal wishes and, and um, you know, statement of values around death care and end of life care. But um, a funeral care plan adds that extra detail in. So um, it's there's lots of good templates available on the web, on, you know, just Google. Things like that, but of course anybody can contact us at any time with no obligation, and we can send them out some forms. Um, and they're just they're just really good um, guide as to the sort of things that your family will need to consider to plan your funeral. And um, uh, one of the, the classics is we have to register a person's death with birth, deaths and marriages, of course. And one of the pieces of information is that I need to know, if you died now, Mel, um, I'd need to know your mother, her full name, her birth name, when she was born, her occupation. So if you're For you, that's all right, you know, say something happened now. But if you're 90 and your mum died, you died and your mum would have been born in the late, you know, early 1900s or late, earlier. So people don't know that kind of information.
0: I absolutely did not know that. Yes. Well, (laughs) I'm
1: looking at your face. I can tell you did not know that. So, you know, we're digging around trying to find this information and and people don't know it. So, for, for you to have taken personal responsibility for that and say, okay, somewhere, oh, there's a piece of paper that tells you where I was born, you know, who my mum is, who my dad is, have I had a name change, oh, there's all this stuff. That yeah. we need to know, and so families
0: are complex, so that's not always. <laughs> oh man, that's not always easy to find. <laughs> if I was doing
1: my own birth, sister, marriage as well.
0: <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, it's true.
1: It is. It's complex, and and especially if people are older, the, the the historian in a family may have died. You know, the auntie or whoever knows this stuff. So it's really important to to get it done, and and eases the burden. You know, even a a what we call now a comfortable death, you know, it's an expected death, it's a good age, um, people might even be be sort of a little bit relieved that someone's died. But death is still always sad and it mucks with our emotions and and our capacity to think, you know, logically and, and is, is impacted why we adjust to loss. And so having a funeral director sitting there and saying, well, when your 90-year-old dad has now died. Where was his mum born, <laughs> and what does her date of birth, and what was her occupation? And you're sitting there going, eh? So you know, having those sort of things done can really help ease what families have to attend to when someone dies. I think the the great privilege for us in our role is is holding the space between where families may have thought they had to be or what they've preconceived a funeral to be and, and the limits around what there's that they felt what you had to do or you couldn't do. and creating a space with good information, gentle care, um, time to consider the information, and then to say, oh, you know what, my family needs to all be in hippie clothes on the back veranda with mum in a shroud and we all just quietly say goodbye to her and she leaves the home and goes off for cremation. We don't need to take her anywhere or that it is possible to have 500 people in, in a full-on winery with French champagne and beautiful cheese and vickies and you have wine night, you know, or um, any, anything that, that really holds families to say, what is it that you want to honour this beautiful person in your life? And and let's create it together. And there's so much creativity and, and it's not about families fitting in with the funeral director it's about funeral directors providing care and service and time and information and ideas and suggestions and building confidence in families to say, "Yep, we can really hold a beautiful, proud, amazing occasion um, on any scale, tiny or big, um, to honour the person in a way that that person would be proud of. And that, I think, sums up really what,
0: just absolute joy we get in our work here at Natural Grace. Thank you so much for your time today and for having me uh, here in your beautiful space. You're most welcome. Um, I you're will t- be booking I in my wine you're funeral oh, Good girl. So <laughs> not yours can go I'll get mine, mine written down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that's great. Thanks so much, Libby.
1: You're most welcome. Bye. So
0: go if you have to. Go if you need. To go if you want to. This is now your time. Life's just a hallway that has many doors.